Welcome to the Conversations with Anna podcast. My name is Dr. Anna Stump, the Golden Ticket Professor, a self-proclaimed edutainer. I'm a former business executive turned high school teacher turned college professor. And in the past three decades of that transition, I have spent time with several generations. And with that as my foundation, I have some stories to tell. In each episode, you'll hear stories or interviews that will help you focus on your own truth. I want you to feel accepted, motivated, supported, and then I want you to be able to take what you know about yourself and your truth, go out into this big old world we live in and apply that so you can move forward with a strategy for a more authentic life. Thank you for spending some time with me today. Now let's jump in to a conversation with Anna. It's early in the day, so much I want to do. I dedicate today to breaking rules. I'm gonna stick to a strategy. I'm gonna find out exactly what I'm made of. Is there really something wrong with just smiling the whole day long? Hi, and welcome back to another conversation with Anna. It's been a little bit of a break, which ironically, I think the thing that has been liberating and freeing and fun for me is that I didn't owe anybody a podcast episode. I do this because I believe what I'm talking about and I enjoy it. And it brings me a sense of value to think that I can use my words to help people. And I love that. I absolutely love there's no pressure. I don't have a deadline. I used to have self-imposed deadlines. I don't anymore. I quit doing all of that because um, I had a student ask me one time if they could interview me for a project. And he asked me a bunch of questions about my podcast. And then he said, I'm super confused how you monetize that. And I said, well, I don't. And he was shook. Like, you do all of that and you spend all of that time and you don't make any money? I know. Capitalism so crazy. People can't imagine like why we do all these extra things if we're not making extra money. Uh, So yeah, I took a little time off. And I've been getting hit with waves of inspiration on what I wanted our next conversation to be about. And this is ironic, I know, because it is about how post-pandemic and just life in general, we have to really make an intentional effort not to let our what define us, what we do. We don't want our productivity to be connected to our self-worth at all. We really want to be intentional with why we do things and where we're getting balance in our life. And again, I personally think this all comes back to living true, authentic lives. And during my little break sabbatical type thing, um, the queen, Brene Brown, has started a couple of different posts on um, on LinkedIn. And she's talking about these, uh, the gifts of imperfection, which was a 2010 book um, that she was um, 
wrote, and then also Daring Greatly, which came out in 2012, and Rising Strong in 2015. So what she's done is she's taken all of this work and she's put together what um, she called in a LinkedIn post, Wholehearted Inventory. And you can go on and take an assessment, you know, as professors, we love an assessment, and you get scored. And it gives you a detailed description of these guideposts that she has and things about um, the continuum between how you let go of behaviors and how you cultivate behaviors. I will put a link in the show notes. Fascinating. I was super pumped to see that out of all of these um, guideposts, guidepost number one, letting go of what people think and cultivating authenticity was my strongest, highest one. Um, That means that I feel eminently qualified to have a podcast with you about how we can talk on a regular basis about living your true authentic life. The other thing that I was also proud of was the letting go of self-doubt or your quote supposed to mindset and cultivating meaningful work. It maybe wasn't as strong as I wanted it to be, but I'm going to blame that on the instrument, not me. No, I'm kidding. Um, I feel like those things were really on point with how I try to live. I feel like this was just a really good thing. But the thing I love about it is she tells you through the whole assessment, like you're going to need to print these scores. You can get them emailed to you. You can print them. We don't keep them. This is just for you to have as a wonderful visual. And then she gives you the places where these guideposts were talked about in those books that I mentioned, but things she wants us to let go of, what people think and cultivate authenticity, letting go of perfectionism, letting go of the idea of being powerless and the idea of scarcity. And those two things I feel like are very parallel to a lot of folks. Um, Comparison. I love my Brene Brown quote about comparison being the thief of joy. One of the guideposts talks about productivity as self-worth, which I, again, this was maybe the fourth or fifth wave that hit me because I feel like we are really starting to see shifts in the labor force. Uh, And just we have to live in the fact that we have lived through two pandemic springs and we are starting, for all intents and purposes, our second pandemic summer. Granted, we have the vaccination. We have, you know, there are concerts going on. People are starting to be traveling and doing things and offices are calling people back in. So it's not quite lockdown or it's not quite quarantine or it's not quite what we face, but we still very much are dealing with pandemic and post-pandemic exhaustion, grief, the ability to accept things, and just coming out in a really um, empathetic and grace-driven mindset to manage expectations. So I think that the productivity of self-worth has always been a passion of mine. I think I talked in episode zero even about teaching MBA students and going around the room. And when I say, tell me about yourself, they immediately tell you what they do for a living, their job title, their career. Um, Usually at the tail end, they'll tack on some family details, but we are all so defined by our what and our productivity and our to-do lists and our status and our successes. 
So the other things that she talks about are being like control, anxiety, just things that we know are super important um, to be aware of when you're cultivating those behaviors and how to be more resilient. That's why I just adore Brene Brown. But I will make sure to include the link to that because I think it's such important work. But I was really kind of focused on and have been for years. Like I said, you are not your what. You cannot define yourself by your job title, your employer, your paycheck, all of those things, because that is just not who you are. It's what you do. And that's fantastic that you can be proud of the work that you do. But when we identify with those things, we are giving a a permission for our lives to be out of balance. So just constantly thinking you are not your career, your productivity is not your self-worth. I love scratching things off my to-do list just as much as the next person, maybe a little bit more sometimes. Sometimes I make a list and write down things I've already done just so I can scratch them off. Like that is truly a mind game. I get that. Super not healthy probably either. But I'm not defined. I, well, let me take that back. I would like to say that overall I am not defined by my productivity. But I really do feel good at the end of the day when I have done more. And what constitutes having done more? The expectations that I had going into my day. And I do think that all got completely out of whack when many people were forced into a work from home situation. We've talked about this in in previous conversations on this podcast where people started doing more to compensate for the fact that maybe their culture or their leadership or the person's perception of the culture and the leadership were doubtful that the workforce could be as productive. So they tried harder and worked harder and they were lacking in good boundaries about what constitutes home and what constitutes the work from home. Um, They were trying to compensate many people for the fact that they were trying to like run their children um, who were also maybe virtual or at home or what. I mean, there's just, we know that there was a lot, but the juxtaposition of that is all these people out here with their hustle and grind attitude, right? Like, did you bake sourdough bread? Did you learn a new language? What upskill did you have? We have people called coronapreneurs, right? Like what we have all the data about all the people that started a new business during the pandemic. And now We have seen that people are being asked to return to the office and folks are just like quitting jobs left and right, making shifts, doing, you know, different things with their careers. And some of that has to do with the amount of clarity that people had during their separation, or maybe they were given more hours in the day because they weren't commuting or they had more time of solitude or evaluating, managing expectations, and really thinking about the value that they add, the way they are treated, their career trajectory, a lot of things came into play. And kind of how companies were managing not only the pandemic or the return to work, but some of the civil and political unrest that we have. So there was a lot going on. In the middle of all of this work, career, we still have 600,000 people that lost their lives. We have people that are still and going through that grief process. The one that Lisa Mertes talked about in the episode where I had her on, where she talked about um, empathy and how we are all still 
grieving and a major grief process still happening. That was episode 34 with Liesl. And I think that's so true, whether it was um, a person, you're grieving a loss of a person or people or an experience or a plan or a tradition or your friends and family time, whatever that is, we are all in some sort of a grief cycle still. And we are constantly, I think, hit it with a barrage of just social media and the mainstream media and what everyone else is doing and coming out of, whether it's coworkers or relationships or whatever that looks like. And we're all trying to think about, you know, what kind of productivity, what kind of growth, what kind of, you know, wonderfulness when really the true lesson here is that we survived. We survived a lot. Things that were unimaginable to us before, things we did not choose, things that we just had to persevere. And no judgment on anybody's reality or situation. If it wasn't the same as mine, we that's not the thing, right? We don't compare. But we all really should just be happy where we came from and what we got through and how we manage our expectations about where we're going. And really evaluating relationships, evaluating your career, evaluating everything. And that's the best use of the time, I think. But that's just not pandemic rules. That's not just, you know, work from home rules. That's not just weekend rules. That's what you should be doing all of the time. And this goes back to valuing yourself, understanding yourself, because that's really the best way to have those conversations with yourself and thinking about the psychological aspect of how you bring value, what you need from people, where you're getting that, what is healthy, and what makes sense. So we need to really also show ourselves an incredible amount of grace because while the some folks, the pandemic's over, right? They've got their... Um, vaccines, they're out, they're going, some people are out and going without it, I don't know, no judgment, whatever your plan is, but you know, like people are doing the thing. And the psychological effects, however, I don't think are over. And it's funny, because I have a friend um, who takes everything super seriously about what we're going through and and is very grounding to me sometimes because I don't always dwell on the reality of things because I'm busy working my plan over here. (laughs) So I've got that friend that's like very good for balance. And then I have another friend whose like opinions, political views, uh, stance could be not farther from mine if we both ran 10 miles in the opposite direction and stopped and turned back around. We are just not even close. And the person who I have nothing in common with and the person who is my grounding, you know, guiding light about like the seriousness of what's going on in the political civil pandemic world, they are both just full of anxiety about different things. And it is really kind of textbook interesting to me to watch the two of them because of their belief system and where they think they fit and what bothers them. And I know I am somewhere in the middle of the two of them. And it makes me happy to know that I can see that in them. And because what it does is it allows me to take a good hard look at myself. 
that is really, I feel like healthy. It's why the one friend who's so completely different is still in my life. Like we're both incredibly gracious to the other person. We don't talk about things we know we don't agree on occasionally, but you know, we try and show each other a a lot of grace, empathy, and space around how the person believes. And it's really, it's really healthy. And I would miss this person if they weren't in my life. So that's kind of the other thing when we look at kind of how our social ruts and kind of some of our um, behaviors and where we got before we had to um, kind of distance ourselves literally and figuratively from people. Coming back out of that is also there's some psychological effects and some decisions that need to be made. So thinking about that distance and not rushing too quick to, to add meaning, not trying to make a decision with people, um, just really making sure that at some point on a regular basis, you are giving yourself time to just sit with your feelings, evaluate where you are, evaluate what you're doing in terms of your morals, values, and your um, plans, goals, your value, things that really matter. And you guys, I've mentioned Elizabeth Gilbert on the podcast before. She was, you know, she was 90s Oprah. That's how I met her. She wrote a book and she was on 90s Oprah show. And I bought the book and I've bought many of her books since then. She's fantastic. And she calls herself like Oprah's life coach. So I kind of feel like whatever Olivia's Gilbert got going on, it's better than anything else. Sometimes that even current day Oprah has. I don't know. Maybe I don't know. But one thing Elizabeth Gilbert has written, and she wrote this in the book, Big Magic, is she talks about how to measure your worth. And it's by the dedication to your path, not your successes and failures. Measure your worth by your dedication to your path, not your successes and failures. So rather than focusing on outcomes, think about all the things you did to get there, the steps you're currently taking, the steps you're about to take. You don't have to do everything in the rearview mirror, but think about what you've learned, how's it helped you grow as a person, what are you gonna do with those lessons to move forward? You know I love that, you know I love it because We're talking about living your true, authentic life. So the dedication to your path, let's parse that apart for a second. You cannot have a good path. You can be driving down somebody else's road super fast, woo-woo, you know, windows down, radio on, living living what seems to be a good time. You can be in a big, shiny car, but that may not be your path. And that is not an authentic life. That is not going to be a healthy situation. That is not going to bring balance. Think about your path. Now, here's the thing you need to know about your path. You can't see the end of it, maybe. That's a gift. That is an absolute gift to not know where your path is going, not to see the destination, not to know when it ends. Can you even imagine what it is like to see the end of your path? Um, Depending on how that news was delivered and how that vision came to you, it may be liberating, it may be scary, it may be horrible. I don't know. But all I know is that you cannot fear the fact that you don't know where your path is going. And if I have learned anything in my life, and I've told this story in episode zero as well about how I tried to micromanage and overplan my life with my five-year calendar and my 24 colors of highlighters. And none of that came to fruition. I'm not in control of any of that. And it's just really a waste of energy to think as much. So 
the dedication that you have to your path, the path that you are on is where you're going right now based on your, the values on your balance in your life on what authentically is good for you and causes you to be in a place of constant value add to the world. And being happy, being fulfilled, using your gifts and talents and doing things that bring you joy. Those are the things that should be on your path. And those are the things that will be your successes or failures. And keeping track of how you learned from those successes, how you grew, how you rebounded, what turns and twists your path takes, all very important. But again, we are not tied to our productivity, our self-worth, our value. What you do is not the some sort of badge of honor that defines who you are. So instead of thinking about yourself in terms of your outcome, your output, your income, right? Your dep- direct deposit, your job title, all of those things, really think about is this getting me closer to the goal that I have? And what is the goal? Is the goal just working to live, living to work? Think about what that is and how does that fit? And if these are questions that are unknown to you, scary to you, make you roll your eyes, you are probably not quite there yet, right? You're not quite there yet. And that's okay. Not, Not all of us are. And certainly those of us who are kind of pop in and out. (laughs) We're there for a little while visiting and then we leave again. And it takes a lot of work. But you have to be a priority. And that is really sometimes the crux of this whole issue is making yourself a priority. Because some of us don't feel like maybe we're worthwhile or that that we feel like that's selfish because of society or whatever that might be. And I think that if you're going to do anything right in this world, you have to make yourself a priority and you have to give up the like hard worker, you know, the, the parent, the friend, the, the saint mentality of just being overworked and being exhausted and being run down. And, you know, the, the glam that apparently comes with that sometimes, because if we go back to things that we've talked about, just conversations with this podcast, things like Covey sharpen the saw, Like you will not be good for other people if you're not taking care of yourself. You will not be good in relationships if you do not love and put yourself where you belong, you know, as a priority. So not to rehash many of the conversations that we had, but I felt like this was really kind of a poignant um, message. I feel like I continue to be confronted with it, whether it's that Brene Brown wholehearted um, assessment. I have a lot of folks in graduate school right now that are struggling with their perception of their time management. That's the other lever we pull all the time. So I have to get better at time management because work's crazy and this and that, and I'm trying to take vacations and I'm blah, 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 and I'm over here and I'm this. I get it. I get it. But show yourself grace. Show yourself grace. That's what I continue to tell people. You know, we are all living in a time nobody's ever lived in, doing things people have never done. And that is only going to continue. Um, So I don't know who you're trying to define things by. I don't know why you feel like time management is an issue. It's really what it is, is they don't have everything on their to-do list done. And they feel like they're 
a failure. It's all it is means is you just didn't get things on your to-do list done. Maybe you didn't create the best list. You know, like there's a lot that ties to that. You cannot define your self-worth by those to-do lists and things. So that's the conversation today. I hope you found something in this and I hope that you'll jump on and do Brene Brown's uh, assessment and that you'll print out and keep and take a look at those um, assessment results. It's great visual. You know, I love a good visual. I'm from the show me state. And maybe dive into some of those book chapters as she talks about, you know, resilience and self-worth and authenticity and those types of things. So thank you guys today for this conversation. As always, I talk about things that are meaningful and impactful in my life and that I'm working on. So I hope that um, at some point we cross over and this gives you a light bulb moment and gives you some things to think about. Go out and have the best Uh, week that you can. And we'll be back on the next episode to talk about some transferable skills and some other ways to work through this um, kind of professional self-worth cloud, the gray area that we have. Thank you all very much for listening to this conversation with Anna today.